Hey, friends, welcome to the Noteworthy Podcast. I'm so excited that you tuned in to today's episode. Um, you'll notice I did take the week off from the podcast last week to spend some much needed time with family around Thanksgiving. And I hope that you did the same and were able to unplug for a while and just spend some needed time with your family. It makes all the difference. But guys, I'm back with a new episode. So excited about today. I had a great conversation with one of my dearest friends in life, Brother Devin Cunningham. Devin Cunningham has served in music ministry for most of his life, and he serves at Calvary Tabernacle in Indianapolis, Indiana, traveling across the nation ministering in music. Devin is an old friend. We've been friends for over 19 years. He was just in town for our music conference called Exalt. And today's episode is really going to bless you. Devin, if you're listening, buddy, I love you so much. I'm so thankful that we got to have this conversation. Believe it or not, he was just in town and our schedule was so busy. We were not able to record the podcast in person. And so we did it remotely after he went back to Indiana. And so uh, you will hear it's a remote conversation, but man, we had such a great time. He has a new project coming out next year. We're going to talk about that. He also has a Christmas project with 17 songs on it and an earlier project called It's Gotta Be God. And guys, this his music's going to bless you. His life is going to bless you because his friendship has definitely blessed me. Thank you so much for tuning into the Noteworthy Podcast. Let's go. Devin, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you doing? I am doing great. Uh, I'm so excited we're getting to do the podcast today, and uh, this is the, probably the first time Devin and I have ever thought about doing this interview remotely because he was just here in town. Bro, I'm so sorry we didn't have time to do it while you were in town. It's all right. It's all about priorities, and uh, I just wasn't one, so I, I guess that's how that turns out. I guess everybody else who got to do one face-to-face is a better priority. I see how well, it is. At least this Here's way, I don't friendship. have to look at you. <laughs> Here's a friendship. And uh, just, nope, just rather give me a call. Yeah, this way, is. I don't have to look right at your face and stuff while I'm talking to you. It'll make it a little less well, awkward. Poor you, poor you. missing out. <laughs> Well, guys, um, for those of you that are listening, Devin is a lifelong friend. Uh, We met when I was nine years old, so we have literally known each other for, um, goodness, 20, or do the math here in my head, what, nine? I was 19? So uh, we've almost known each other for 20 years, and uh, Devin serves in music ministry, and he serves at Calvary Tabernacle in Indianapolis, Indiana. That's right. Uh, and he's been traveling across the nation singing uh, his new music, and he's got a couple projects out. We're going to hit on a little bit of all of that today. 
Um, but uh, Devin, what I'd like to do is kind of jump in and talk about your ministry for a moment. Okay. Um, but before we talk about your music ministry, um, when did you first feel a call to ministry on your life? Oh, wow. Um, I think I've always been, uh, I think it's safe to say I've had an interest in ministry for most of my life. Uh, I didn't really feel a call to ministry until I was, um, I think, 12 years old, I can safely say. Oh, wow. Uh, so I officially, I felt, oh, wow, <laughs> I officially uh, felt the call to uh, ministry. I was visiting my aunt and uncle in Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, they had a youth on missions group up there helping them. They were a home missions group. And uh, they were just with them for, I think, a couple days, and the Youth on Missions group was going to go help another church. So since I was up there, they decided to pawn me off on the Youth on Missions group. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that, would take, that would keep me busy for, uh-huh. the, I think, the week I was up there. And so we went over to Wheaton, your dad's old church, and we were uh, where Jason Stone was pastoring at the time. And we were getting ready to. How, pass- how did I not know this? I did not know I don't, this. I don't know how this has never come up in conversation. That is crazy, man. Never ask me about my ministry. We're always talking about yours. <laughs> yeah. uh, and- That's what podcasts are for, so I can figure out <laughs> something about you. Yeah, yeah, yes. You're you're gonna learn today. Oh man, that's uh, great. so we go to Brother Stones, and we're getting ready to go knock doors and invite people to his church. Right. And we're sitting there praying, and before we pray. I don't know. I just it uh it's never happened to me before. It's never happened to me since. I just um the spirit of God fell so strong wow. in that place and we were uh while we were praying preparing to go uh witnessing and knocking doors and I had this clear vision in my head. Uh just I'd never thought about it before but it hit me. I was somewhere uh, it was uh, on a slightly elevated platform mm-hmm. with, uh, and I was telling a group of people to get ready because the Lord's coming soon. Yeah. And, um, then, you know, I was at another, like almost immediately I was singing a song about the, the same subject and it would just kind of hit me and I just started weeping. I felt so overwhelmed by the wow. presence of God that was in this place and I didn't really That's know awesome. what was happening. And then uh, just through counsel and, you know, prayer, I come to realize that was a call of God being laid upon my life, a call into the ministry. And I know that's probably not, that's, that's super dramatic. Probably not a lot of people. Have no, that. that's good though. Yeah. I love that. But that was uh, with God. He usually has to write it out in the, you know, in the clouds for me, you know, yeah. hit me in the head. And that was a hit me on the head kind of moment. And so, yeah, that's where I kind of felt the call to ministry and started seeking out uh, what that means. And uh, I got to tell you, it scared me. Yeah. Because at that time, my my aunt was ill. She was having seizures, uh, grandma seizures. And we didn't know until years later what the cause w- was. And my uncle was battling sickness. And they were building a home missions church in Chicagoland. And I looked at that and I thought, wow, if if that's ministry, I'm not sure if I want to get into that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, I, uh, you know, and I, but I also felt a call to music ministry, and um, I felt scared, intimidated from that as well. 
uh, first off, I thought, I was like, wow, I'm a little conflicted. I was so uh, dense to think I had to choose between one or the other. I didn't realize at the time there were people like, you know, Carol Magruder's and Merle Ewing's and Hugh Rose's and Miles Young's and people who were, you know, very uh, well-versed in both music. They're doing both, yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. And so I was conflicted for so long thinking you had to choose one or the other or focus on one or the other. And, got you know, I saw my uh, dear family friend Steve Richardson who wrote, you know, so many wonderful songs but has had so many incredible uh, trials throughout his life. And I yeah. thought if that's what music ministry is. I don't know if I want to go that way either. Right. But what I found is when I finally – said yes and it was you know I, I i even after i had started participating it was years before i finally just said yes and complete surrender i was i was teaching i was i had opportunity to teach i had opportunity to preach i had plenty of opportunities to sing but that my still there was something in my heart that was holding me back but the moment i said yes completely mm. that's when the peace came about everything and you know in the Horatio Isn't it funny how God will start to use you even when you're not completely ready? Exactly. That, that's 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 grace. <laughs> yeah, he'll do it. I know he that's did it with grace. me. He started using me. Uh, I, I'm still unworthy to this day, but man, I was sure was unworthy when he started using me. And he, uh, it's and that's what surprises me, Nathan. Is in is every time it humbles me every time I open my mouth where somebody has been gracious enough to give me an opportunity to minister, and yeah. I open my mouth and God moves in spite of myself, that's what's so humbling to me every single time. I Thank went, you, I, this, is, this is so not me. Yeah. This is nothing that I said or did caused any of this to happen. This is solely God, and all I did was show up willing to be used. And he does the rest, you know, and that's what and that's why I have peace. You know, Horatio Spafford got it right when he wrote, when peace like a river attendeth my way or when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say it is well. It is well, yeah. And that's what every minister, everybody who's been uh, called by grace, you know, everybody who's living a redeemed lifestyle, that's the li that's the mindset we got to have. Otherwise, um Life's going to be a, a little bit extra harder for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, um, so you were you were just in town, like uh, goodness, two Last or three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it seems like it was yesterday. Yeah, just, I don't think I've caught up. Has on. it really been? Okay, wait. So it's Tuesday. Exalt was one week ago. That's what yeah. in the world? That's crazy. That's it. Anyways, we just had an incredible time. Uh, it was at our church here in Jonesboro at Apostolic Tabernacle. And Devin uh, has ministered at Exalt for six years in a row now. And yeah. uh, I used to think my church really loved me. I really did. Uh, <laughs> until <laughs> until Devin started coming, and I found out that that is what love really looked like, was when, <laughs> was when Devin came in town. I mean, my church just loves him. And, uh, you know, Devin has a... Uh, kind of a southern gospel uh, 
style, prominent style, but he sings all kinds of styles. Let me stop him right there because I know he's about to get mad because he doesn't like to get put in a box. Calm down. It's okay. I'm going to pull myself out here. But um, so, I mean, we just had an incredible time. You got to come and minister. Uh, When did your love for music uh, start? Because I know all these people that love you, they're going to see that you were on the podcast. I'm going to get like a thousand new listeners this week. And uh, tell them a little bit about uh, when when did all this start for you? When did you begin to love music? Oh, wow. Um, I turned 31 this uh, this past October. Help them, Lord. I know. I feel so ancient. Uh, but uh, I can still vaguely remember being in my car seat as a very young child. So and what, five or six? It, no I'm kidding. Yeah. Hey, hey, don't. This is how a conversation works. Nathan. I talk, then you talk. That, that's how it Go ahead. And, and, uh, <laughs> so I'm in the car seat, you know, like five, six, eight, I don't know. And we are, uh, I'm listening to Tim Pedigo songs. I'm listening to Mickey Mangan songs. I'm listening to gospel music through the radio. It's, it's in the backseat of my grandmother's car. Yeah. And I'm, and I just keep asking her, play that one again, play that one again. I kept, I would always want to hear Tim Pedigo's song, uh, Wonderful Counselor. I'd always want to hear Mickey Mangan sing Promise coming down a dusty road or Stop, Wait a Minute, Gotta Tell Somebody. I mean, I would, want to hear that over and over and over and over. And then as I got older and started ingesting, I like, I got, I had this hunger. I don't, I think you could understand this. It's, it's like a musical hunger. You just want to ingest as much as you can. And, uh, yeah, I understand. I started, uh, just anything, you know, it didn't matter if it was, you know, as, as a kid, you know, uh, I I can't speak for everybody, but I was semi raised by a television, so uh, <laughs> I, that explains a bit. But also, you know, it's you all know, coming it, together now. It's all making sense. <laughs> and but you uh, didn't matter if it was Looney Tunes or if it was Disney or what whatever the you know if it was musical. I just I it I took it in. Right. And I just uh, ingested it and then uh, found out about other different styles. Uh, I would. Uh, I heard an opera song <laughs> from from a film, and I, I had to be like seven years old. And so I remember being on the bus, and on the way to school, I would break out in Figaro. And, <laughs> and uh, as you can probably tell, I didn't have like a lot of friends, but <laughs> I <laughs> I didn't care. Because I had a song in my heart, and it was Figaro, and I had to sing it. Hallelujah. But it, and it wasn't just that. It was anything that was – I don't know. It was anything that was somewhat unique or older um, just always caught my ear. And in my opinion, good is good. Uh, good's not subjective. If it's good, I like it. Um, I, I, I feel like – and I can appreciate uh, something about all – genres of music i can i mean i'm going to listen to some more than others but there are some uh you know you can find something that's worth appreciating in almost every genre of music yeah absolutely uh, i think that's important for anybody who's involved in music ministry to have a wide palette 
of appreciation. You know, like you said, I, I do lean into the Southern gospel quite a bit, but I do love contemporary and I do love gospel music and, you know, uh, the, and praise and worship music. But, you know, I think we do a disservice to the, to our flocks mm-hmm. if we do not give them a wide variety of songs that are capable of ministering to them. If we only put everything in a box, then to me that's almost limiting God because he gave songs to so many so many people, so many different types of people yeah. to write different types of music, to minister to everyone. And so I, I just, my love for music spans all those subgenres of Christian music. I love them all. And even though it's it's never stopped, it probably never will stop until I die, and then I go to heaven and we sing, you know, and song we'll of just, us. We'll just and, keep on singing, yeah. Yeah. Woo. But yeah, it started early, and it's never stopped. And, you know, I cut my teeth on some good stuff. I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. Amen. Well, you have um, two solo projects, and I know you have—does Aqua have— um, yeah, Aqua uh, has a project. I know so they do, have a project. Do they have more than one? I'm sorry, that's what I was trying to ask. Oh, yeah. We have... Um, so, quick history on Aqua. Uh, so, uh, Aqua started as a convention uh, thing. It was a conference. Uh, and uh, started in 2003. And from 2003, there's a two-disc project called Through the Fire. And then um, Still Feeling Fine. You can probably order that through the San Diego. The, uh, the, the younger uh, generation doesn't know what a two-disc uh, project is, Devin. That is two CDs, Nathan. <laughs> okay. If you're going to be rude. <laughs> two two <Yeah>. digital <laughs> iTunes two, tracks? What are you, two what are you talking about? <laughs> compact discs. All right, okay, gotcha. That's what those are. Gotcha, and, gotcha. Uh, and uh, we, uh, then they had another uh, thing in 2004. Mm-hmm. And then we took a break after that, and then we just we did a, a studio project uh, not too long ago called, and we titled that "Let Me Stand." You can find that on iTunes and Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, and it's me and uh, James Larson leading the way, um, Chris Higginbottom, Hugh McClellan as uh, a wonderful bass from uh, Oregon City, Oregon, and then of course you have Karen Harding, world renowned. Along with Tim Spell, double world renowned, just there. Wow. Yeah, wow. Mister Unfold the Rose, you know, and um, you have uh, us traveling together. And on top of that, you know, I had the opportunity after I started traveling with them and singing with them, I had the opportunity to record my own project. And uh, we did a, uh, I did a solo project, uh, man, almost six years ago or so. And uh, it's called It's Gotta Be God. Uh, and it, you know, it's a lot of covers, but, um, and it's very raw. <laughs> I you love know, I that look, album, bro. I, you're very kind, but I, I can't, I listen to it and I go, oh, 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 there you go. There you go, Devin. Just that, that rawness right there. <laughs> it's my first time singing in that, that studio setting. And uh, it, you can kind of tell, but. It, it's still humbling. It comes back to that that time to where you know when I'm so focused on the perfection of it, uh, I'll still I'll get people and I'm and I'm not saying this to be a jerk and I hope you know that that I'll get a message or something saying I uh, somebody uh, showed me a song of yours today or mm-hmm. and it and it uh, 
it ministered to me or I needed to hear it today. Just those things, that's a God moment. That's a God moment. That's that's the Lord encouraging me at, through encouraging them to say your, your efforts are worth it. What you're doing is worth it. Keep Absolutely, at it. Absolutely, bro. Every yeah. time I hear um, your version of He is Here, bro, that, that takes me to the throne. I mean— uh-huh. Absolutely. I mean that. I think I requested it two years in a row and, and, and you wouldn't do it, but it's that good. It's that good. <laughs> but, well, I don't, I don't want, I'm so scared of, you know, you're scared about people getting sick of, sick of songs and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I mean, you're you know very what though, that in, theory doesn't, just re- that theory doesn't ring true because if you went to your favorite artist concert, you would be so upset if they didn't do that song that they've done a thousand times. You know what? Hey, you know what? When you're right, you're right. And Nathan, you're right. What can I say? I'm right. <laughs> well, well, man, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you get requests for Great and Mighty and My Dance. and Bro, I, I just got an invitation. Rachel and I got an invitation to do a Christmas concert. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we want you to do Great and Mighty. I was like, guys... You know that's not you a can, Christmas song, right? You but can close with Great and Mighty. <laughs> we'll you close with Great and Mighty. Joy to the world and then go right into Great and Mighty. Maybe we could and like, then, yeah, kind of mix it in with Jingle Bells. Maybe do like a pentatonics yeah, kind of thing. Jingle Bells, I think. <laughs> Actually, forget my Joy to the world. Forget my sacred song suggestion. Yeah, I'm thinking a go secular. From secular. <laughs> go from last Christmas, I gave you my heart into Great and Mighty. Speaking of secular Christmas music, you have a 17-song <laughs> album. <laughs> That doesn't have any secular songs. I'm teasing. It's all sacred uh, Christmas songs, Um, and uh, this is a great project. I I uh, I love your Christmas album, uh, but I I want to talk a little bit about uh, for the sake of time. I really want to talk about your new project that's not out yet. Okay, because that's that's happening right now, uh, and and this has a uh, mainly original music on it and yeah. so i was wondering if you could kind of uh most of the people listening right now devin they they don't know what the process is like so you don't have to hit on every detail but what's that process look like so so you're coming out with a 13 song album is that right that number yeah and what's that process look like so you've gotten started you're not quite done but what's that process look like for you with the new album well, uh, this I'm working with a brand new studio that I haven't worked with before until this till this project in a in a group project that I'm helping uh, supervise vocals on. And uh, I got to tell you, uh, Chapel Valley Studios has been fantastic to work with. Um, the process is great, but when you're doing original music, and I know you can attest to this, and anybody else who's you know uh, a songwriter or aspiring songwriter, yeah, mm-hmm. um, you got to have Every you can't just go into there thinking you're just gonna uh, wing it. That's you know that's not a pursuit of excellence right oh, there. That's a nightmare uh, right there. You, know, you go in knowing what you want. Now there are some you know I've I know what I want melodically. There are times I know what I want melodically when the lyrics aren't quite there yet. So when we're so what you do is you'll start with a uh, tracking session usually. This is what I do. I'll go down and we'll arrange and track all the music. And we'll do that with the studio musicians. And then uh, we'll come back either the next day or at a later date and we'll lay down the vocals. And then they put all the bells and whistles on it. And then Bob's your uncle. You have 
a Dove Award-winning uh, project. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, Praise uh, God. Through the recording process, it's all – I don't think you can um, prepare enough to do that. You can't prepare uh, enough to, to know the material. Uh, I don't care if it's a it's song. It's nerve-wracking too. The you, finality of it is nerve-wracking. Exactly. This is it. I mean you can't – you can go back and recut it, but it's going to cost you. That's why you can never be uh, – you just got to be prepared. I mean – Study to show yourself approved. <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be a nightmare if you don't know what you want. Absolutely. Know what you want. And it's okay to ask for opinions. You know, one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got was from uh, Tim Pedigo. I've got a lot of great advice from Tim Pedigo, who is a fantastic singer, songwriter, minister in his own right. And Keep believing. Uh, oh, yeah. And he, um, he told me uh, quite a while ago when I was – really starting to get into um, this project, get a circle, create a circle around you of people that you trust, uh, of creatives that are, um, that you can put your material in front of. I mean, I know songwriting and even arranging, you know, can get a little daunting because even songs that you arrange that are covers, they're still your babies in some sense. And so, to, but you need, I could encourage anybody Get a circle around you of people that you trust that aren't just going to be like, you know, uh, your mom that thinks everything you do is fantastic. Get some honest people that can give you creative and instructive feedback to help you prepare for your recording project, to help prepare even for uh, your song, that song that you're writing. Uh, let them go over the lyric because sometimes a lyric that sounds one way to you. So like I was saying, um, when uh, – when you're preparing like like you need to, mm-hmm. you, you need to use the resources that are available to you. Create the circle that you can trust, uh, people that you can bring your lyrics yeah, to good. for original material, bring your melodies. Um, yes, you know, you have a real blunt mother like mine. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, oh, oh, boy. But just <laughs> – you got to use your resources when you're preparing for a recording like that. But also, uh, I have to take time to rehearse my material. You know, after I track a song, I don't want to track the vocals the very next day. I want to take a month to sing through the material, to sing through those tracks. I want to be prepared. I want to know what I'm doing vocally. You know, if there's an... Uh, if there's something I need to do or a lyric I need to change, I want that time to do that. And um, I just, I just, I would say, don't rush it. I know everybody feels like they're in a hurry. Just don't rush it. And um, yeah, take your just, time on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I you saying, uh, I got to tell you, bro, I was I was so proud of you this year. Maybe more so than ever before because you. Uh, you sang a new song that you'd written called No Longer. And um, for those of you that were not able to attend Exalt, um, we had 60 people attend from Better Way Ministries, which is a rehabilitation program for men that have been struggling with addictions and and, uh, they're working their way out of it. And um, six of them got the Holy Ghost. And in that moment... Uh, Devin sang a song called No Longer uh, about how the man who I used to be, 
I am no longer. And it was just so perfect for that moment. Um, What does your songwriting process look like? I'm so excited about being able to go to iTunes and buy this new song. Um, But what does that process look like for you? Because it is different for everybody. Yeah, uh, mine's a bit painful. (laughs) (laughs) Does it involve voice memos? Because that's my number one uh, songwriting app. It's voice memos, it's notes, it's uh, racking my brain because I was not uh, too lazy to make a voice memo or (laughs) make a note. So I have to try and remember what I was or what I was doing in the moment. I hear you. Use those voice memos, people. Use the smartphones. It's the songwriter's blessing, these smartphones. Hey, you've got to, Uh, yeah. Uh, so my songwriting process is, it's probably no different than a lot of people, a lot of folks. It's, um, so like, uh, for no longer, I was thinking I needed, uh, a song for the project and I wanted to a song that would share my testimony. And I was dwelling on, <laughs> to be honest, I was a little bit in the molly grubs cause I was dwelling on some, uh, issues that I was dealing with about, um, just, um, just folks still wanting to place condemnation on certain things. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. Just because uh, it, it gives – because condemnation gives people power. It gives folks power that uh, they really don't uh, have in the first place to just keep a thumb on you and uh, just hold you down. And that's a tool of the enemy because uh, the Lord yeah. didn't come to condemn. And um, Yeah, I believe that. And uh, you've been saved by grace – and you're living by grace and you're walking by grace, when you're living under the forgiveness of God, then shame has no hold on you. Yeah. And, and I believe that wholeheartedly. And so I'm going through this and I'm thinking, ah, oh, man, I just, I don't know how to, how to react to this. And the Lord just gave me uh, that hook that all I was, all that you were, you are no longer. And so I just felt peace. And uh, the chorus kind of came, came to me right then. Um, um, I am loved by the highest judge, forgiven and set free. I am saved by the power of grace, and now I am redeemed. Though I was blind and tossed and oh so lost in the memories of my failures. But all I was, I am no longer. Yeah. And um, man, that song in that moment, I I really can't tell you how perfect it was for what God had ordained for for Exalt, man. I don't, I didn't know. I don't think I knew until the day of that they were coming. No, we didn't know. Yeah, we we didn't. We had already decided that's one of the songs I was going to do. Right. And and it just that was the Lord. And uh, I'm so. (laughs) That's just one of those things. You know, you can you can try and orchestrate it as much as you want, but whatever you try and orchestrate is never going to top what the Lord has in mind. Oh, ever. that's absolutely <laughs> right. That's so true. And so writing is uh, sometimes it's a, it's a hook like all I was, I am no longer, and then I build a melody will build from that. If I'm in the car, which was where I do a lot of you know inspiration comes from, I have like uh, like little God moments while I'm driving most of the time. And uh, it'll start with a melody, a melody that I'm humming, and then the lyrical form from that. So there's really, I have no 
mathematical I wish I had mathematical advice there <laughs> to give and like a point this is where you start and this is where you're going to end up all well, I can say I'm is I'm fascinated as as by melodic um, writing because um, I am a musician but really? I I tend to write kind of in the same way the melodies will come to me and then yeah. I'll end up writing the music at a later time well the, the, uh, it, you know a friend of mine brought a lyric uh, brought a melody to me and he's a fantastic musician, but um, he needed lyrics for this song. And um, all it, it was a very simple melody. It's just like da 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 da. And I just I couldn't get that out of my head. And I just thought, you know what? If if God's call of love to us had a sound, I think it would be like this. So I. So I, I just it that's the what the the melody gave me a feeling. The melody spoke to me. One of the things that uh, a friend of mine uh, who's works on my new project has told me is like the song will tell you what it needs to be. The song uh, will like kind of kind of just you don't have to force it. The song will tell you what it needs to be. And in that moment, it did. So we came up with a lyric of. When I feel the pain of a past defeat and I hear your voice crying out to me, you are loved, you are loved. It's just a very simple melody, but to me, that's what it felt like. Now, to somebody else, it could have felt like something else, but he didn't take the, mo- the melody to somebody else. He brought it to me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the song will... Uh, tell you what it needs to be. It'll. That's why you don't want to rush it. That's why we get all the. You know, forgive me, Nathan, if I get on my soapbox here for a moment. That's why we get a lot of songs. Well, our time are, has come to an end. No, 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 hang on. I'm not. Hang on. Hang I'm on. No, kidding. no. People, stay on. Stay on. Stay with it. I'm kidding. We are. Uh, that's why you get songs that are shallow. You get shallow lyrics. You get shallow melodies, and there's no meat on the bones. That's what I love about uh, your and Rachel's music is it's there's meat on those lyrics. Oh, there's even that. meat on the melody. And, uh, you know, there's just as much importance into the melody of the song as there are to the lyrics. And oh, man, um, that means a lot. I think Thank you. That it's, uh, well, I mean, I mean it because we have too much shallow music going on. Um, you got to it. And it's frustrating that you got to sort through to get through something of substance to present to the people you're trying to minister to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this and then we can move on that when it comes to songwriting, I had an idea for a song, uh, maybe two years ago and I sat on it and then not a year later I was driving and that almost exact same thought idea that I felt the Lord give me, but that I sat on, I heard on the radio sung by somebody else. Wow. And wow. I felt convicted right then. It That's was crazy. Eerie. It was almost the exact same book, almost everything. And I, and I just felt it in my, in my heart. It's like, you know what? See, I want to use you, but I don't need you. Right. I'll so, use somebody else. Oh, man. Exactly. See, the Lord wants to use the apostolic church. Wow. He wants to use us, but he doesn't need us. That's he powerful. Who's ever willing and available. So songwriters, worship leaders, music ministers, music evangelists, evangelists, preachers, teachers, be at the ready. Be yeah. at the ready. Yeah. Because he wants to use us. 
And when your time comes, you need to be ready. Don't sit on it because he'll move on. He'll move on. That's so good, Dev. And and I kind of just want to sneak this in here. I want to take this opportunity speaking about apostolic artists and and supporting them. Uh, This is not for Rachel and I. Podcast listeners know that. This podcast is not about me and Rachel. It's about sure. everybody else. Sure. <laughs> but uh, but I want to say this for, for people like my friend Devin and, and uh, Frankie Taylor and Brittany Scott, all these incredible apostolic artists. That's just, you know, three names out of dozens that I can think of, is that a lot of people don't realize that when you stream music, uh, and Devin, excuse me while I get on my soapbox for just a moment. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> it's been a great oh, night. No, dude. no, but but and a lot of people don't know this. I want to share this with you. And I'm going to do a whole episode about this. But um, when you stream music, meaning uh, Spotify or Apple Music, it's mm-hmm. wonderful for the artist to get the exposure. But and and listen, go do that for um, Todd Delaney and and go to Hezekiah Walker and stream it. Okay, but here's what I want you to know. When an apostolic artist comes out with music and they have uh, they're not signed with the label, they have invested their own money into this album. When you stream it instead of buying it, that actually is very hard on the artist um, financially to make their yeah. money back. I mean, yeah. Great and Mighty was streamed like 150,000 times last month. That only totals a few hundred dollars where yeah. you can imagine where if if all those people were buying it, right? I mean, think yeah. about the comparison of uh, You could have penny. afforded to fly me down and we could have had this face-to-face. We could have had this conversation in person. Do you see what you streamers have done to us? <laughs> no. And listen, you know, I, I thank God for streaming. You got it, you know, and I'll, I'll say this too, not just for my benefit, not just for yours, but, you know, but, you know, I, we, I've had this conversation with Court Chavis. It's just the streaming kills you. And, uh, but, you know, it is important for the exposure. He didn't even the, make but, his available for a long time with uh, streaming. But it's, it's, it's important for the exposure. We get that and we appreciate every stream that we get. Uh, but if you're, Absolutely, but if yeah. you're listening to this, you're probably statistically an apostolic Pentecostal person and you want, uh, to support, I'm hoping you want to support apostolic artists, you know, um, if you got to save up, if you got to get it from somebody, but if you want it, if you want apostolic music to keep being made, then you got to support yeah. it. And listen, if streaming is the only way you can listen, then please listen. But the moral of the story is if 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 it's an apostolic artist, go buy it, go spend $10, you know, go buy that album, go download it, buy it forever so that one day when Spotify phases out, you'll still own that music and it'll be worth it for you. There you go. Yeah. Woo, I'm preaching right now. Okay. So I've asked this question to quite a few people. Nobody hates me yet. Um, Okay. What is your most embarrassing moment on a platform? Oh, (laughs) Well, when was the last time we were together? Well, I'm thinking uh, maybe Tuesday night. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing too embarrassing happened besides the sound system blowing up. But that, oh, that happens man. all the time. Yeah, Justin Kamlik, MVP. Oh, he's amazing. Uh, oh, man. I know I have him. And, and it, 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 have it, him. It, it may not be, you know, the most, but maybe just one that stands out to you, you know. Oh, man. You might have to edit around this. I got to think for a second. 
um, let's see. It, it, I oh, don't yeah. think it would okay. be exalt related because I haven't really no. seen anything happen with well, that. I mean, not embarrassing for me, but I mean, embarrassed for other people that are at exalt. I mean, <laughs> right, that can happen. We, right. we could we could get into that. <laughs> yeah, moving forward. No, <laughs> yeah. um, I think uh, I have. Oh, okay. So I just got off on a tangent on being prepared when you go in to record. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It's also important to be prepared before you even, you know, sing, you know, for a congregation when somebody invites you to come. And uh, I remember one of the first places I went to preach. Oh, man, I can't remember. I can't. And this is so sad. I can't remember what the verse was that I was trying to quote from memory, but I could not remember it. And I oh, kept no. oh, quoting no. it. I kept quote. I can't. It was like I was uh, paraphrasing. And the uh, there was a guy there not having it, not having any paraphrasing. So I would quote, I would try and quote it, and then he would correct me, and I'd be like, "Yes, that one." No, and then he I corrected you. He was like, "That's yes. not right." No, he would, he would just, he would shout it out. <laughs> I would say, uh, "I don't know, trust in the Lord with all your soul, with You're all your wrong. heart." I mean, yeah, with all your heart. And <laughs> he would like it was one False after the doctrine. other. <laughs> and I, yeah, I had pitchforks and fires. And oh my goodness! I, um, I was so embarrassed. And then there was a. Uh, I have made up so many lyrics on the spot, Nathan, just because I would I forget lyrics. That uh, is the worst feeling on the planet. And well, I've done it so much that now it doesn't em- embarrass me so much. But the worst, the worst ones are, the worst ones are when I'm singing a song and I forget the lyrics and I can't even think of a lyric to replace it. So it's just kind of like, keep believing him, you know is true. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the melody's there, and hopefully they, uh, or or uh, when you forget it and you uh, have you ever done this. I've done this uh, when I forgot uh, when I've been leading worship somewhere and I forgot the lyric to the chorus uh, or a verse or something. I'll like turn it over to the crowd and put the responsibility on them. I was like, sing it out. And so they sing it out. <laughs> Everybody I, sing it. <laughs> I don't know. If, Maybe like, the audience knows it. <laughs> that's what the words are. That's what I'm thinking inside. Right. Oh, hey, bro, that reminds me of Rachel uh, because – Almost every time Rachel and I step onto a platform, we literally were stepping onto the platform at General Conference, and Rachel looks at me and goes, how does this song go again? (laughs) 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 She's so funny, man, Like, and she'll probably listen to this. But Was um, was she pregnant at General Conference that year? uh, No, no, not that year. No, she she was pregnant at NAYC. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she was six months pregnant up there at NAYC. But, and the yes. thing is, she always remembers them. But I had a moment. Um, I led uh, No One Like Our God on, on the uh-huh. Thursday uh-huh. morning at NAYC. And, bro, I had a panic moment where I was like, how do these lyrics go? This is going to blow your mind. But the largest platform in the UPCI, NAYC, does not provide lyric screens for 
they're singers. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you have to remember everything. And the only way you can see the lyrics is if you look up on the screens, uh, you know, like the video screens, not, not yeah. lyric screens. And Just so put your head straight up. Y- you can't because they can literally tell you're looking at yourself on the screen. Right. So like Yikes. it's, Yikes. it's super awkward. And so I had a moment where I went completely blank and thank God he delivered me. And, and like, I'm talking, bro, in like a split second, the words came to you me. Oh well, my goodness. It Won't was, he do it? It was such a panic, but, um, that's a terrible thing. But I, I do want to, um, I, I, I did want to slip this question in here because I, I really hate to miss this when I get to talk to teachers and preachers. And um, now I know you talked earlier how, you know, early on in your ministry, you had opportunities to teach and, and preach. And I, I know that you uh, minister in music prominently, but you also are preaching around the country. And uh, so, you know, this podcast has a lot of listeners that that feel that call, right? And uh, they don't really know how to get started. They don't know what to do. And so would you mind kind of sharing just a a quick summary of your sermon prep process? What does that look like between praying about it and putting it on paper? Well, yeah. um, Like you said, it it starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. It always always starts with prayer and fasting. Um, You can try uh, to try and just rely on talent. I'm just telling you, I know you've heard this a thousand times, or if you're just getting started, you'll hear it a thousand times and let you know you cannot rely on your natural ability. You will yeah. fall flat on your face. Man, that's so true. Um, so uh, I'll just, uh, I was, my uh, preparation process starts with prayer. And usually I, I uh, I'll get a, a thought in mind or a scripture in mind and I'll just write it down and I build around that thought or, and sometimes that thought turns out to be just a point, but there's a bigger thought that the Lord wanted me to, uh, move on. But I am, it, it, it is kind of like, uh, I'll be honest. Uh, most of the time, the best ones that come out are the ones I'm just kind of stumbling through and the Lord's, I feel like the Lord's guiding me the whole way. Uh, there was a sermon I preached recently uh, in Southern Indiana uh, where um, I just felt the Lord pull me to, um, in the last days, perilous times shall come, and just go through that whole scenario. And I'm just going, wow, this is, I really don't want to preach this. <laughs> it's so yeah. depressing. Yeah. And uh, exactly, it was for a pastor appreciation day. Uh, and I'm just kind of like, wow, why? And uh, but at the same time, as soon as I got done, um, kind of praying through that and working on that, uh, just I felt the Lord direct me to another uh, another familiar source of scripture, Psalms 23. You know, uh, you know, even though we are facing perilous times, it's okay because the Lord is my shepherd. Wow, and he's going to lead us all through. Even it's even in the shadows, even through the the green pastures. It's all right because he's our shepherd. Yeah, he's there. And, uh, you know, these it's going to get worse before it gets better, but that's okay because surely goodness and mercy is going to follow you all the days of your life. Yeah, and you know, and I'll admit, and I'm a little, I I get to cheat, I, I guess, more or less because you know, if I go out uh, to uh, minister, I'm usually singing. 
from majority of it in the last 10, 15 minutes, I'm usually preaching uh, if I, unless I feel uh, different, uh, pull differently. So my sermons aren't always the longest. But uh, that still doesn't mean I need to. Nothing uh, wrong with that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure there are people who are uh, on Praise the fence. Praise God. <laughs> but, uh, but at the same time, that doesn't mean I need to uh, treat that with any less respect and come that way. Absolutely, with, uh, yeah. To do that with because uh, that preaching is so daunting, and I hope nobody looks at that and just uh, doesn't come to it with just fear and trembling. Any ministry, even if you're worship leading, come to that with trembling. It's just the opportunity to lift up your voice and yeah. proclaim the word of God in song or in spoken word. That mm. that should just shake you to your core. It's an what, awesome responsibility. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it should scare you to death to not be prepared to not uh, be leaning completely on the Lord. And I have, I have. Failed so many times, you know, in that regard. I look back and think, oh, man, why was I not more sensitive to uh, what the Lord wanted in this regard? And he moves like I like we've both talked about. He moves in spite of our our ignorance, in spite of ourselves, because he wants us. He wants people to be saved. And, you know, I, I saw a wonderful thing uh, recently. Uh, I'm going to sound a little boomerish here, but. Uh, when God called you, he took your stupidity into account. (laughs) (laughs) So So I I hope that's encouraging to somebody that when you're preparing uh, to minister, whether you're preaching or you're singing, pray for discernment, pray for sensitivity, and God will lead you through the rest of the way. It's got to start with prayer and consecration. Uh, without that, you're 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 going to be a useless tool. That's not going to be as effective uh, as you wow. were called to be. Yeah. So just uh, get on your knees, and you know, and trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not to your own your own understanding. If you acknowledge Him in everything that we do, I mean, that's 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 what it comes down to, right there. Acknowledging Him in everything that we do, and He's He'll take care of everything else. Man, that's and, so I mean, and I know that's just we were talking about sermon prep, but it comes down to your preparation, to your study. And every time you crack a book, just go to it, acknowledging that you need him even in your study time to yeah. guide your thoughts, guide what you need to say. And one of the number one pieces of advice that I've learned in the in the last year on this podcast, talking to different men of God is that. Uh, a lot of the greatest preachers, when when they get their revelation, they're not looking for it. Does that make sense? It's like they they're not. It it's I like think that's brilliant. It, you know, that's just God keeping us humble. You know, why would why does he, why would he have to share the glory there? Just, yeah, like uh, I I just interviewed Mark Brown and he said I don't I don't ever study. Who? I just interviewed Mark Brown. Yeah, um, I know. And he he just he just said I I don't ever read the Bible to study ever ever he said I read the Bible to spend time with God and yeah. then He'll speak to me and that that's really ministered to me because I will admit I have been guilty of it's opening up my study. Bible and saying I I need to study I need to I need to uh, you know find a word and and sometimes God just wants us to spend time with Him 
you know, and it's like, I think, I, I'm really learning you know, that. If I can say this is, yeah, he wants us to study it, but I think really that's all he wants is just for us to spend time with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what it's all about. The meaning of life, Nathan, it, it's, it's all about having a relationship with God. Yeah. Being with for him. him, for us to know him and for him to know us so yeah. that when it's all said and done, he can say, well done. Thank you, Jesus. Thy good and faithful, thy good and faithful servant. Yeah. It's what it's all about, a relationship. That's so good. The word, from the word go. So, Devin, I wanted to share this with you because you're one of the only people that knows my father well enough to appreciate this. He just <laughs> he just slipped uh, into the office here. I'm at the office in the church. I'm in the conference uh-huh. room. And uh, he brought me a note, and he said, Can you turn a mic on by 7.30 p.m.? Then number two, it says, Where is your car? Because <laughs> Rachel is out shopping while I'm doing this podcast. And number three, could you loan me $100? <laughs> so, you have to know my father, but that is that is a, a joke. He That is his sense of humor. So I thought you'd appreciate That's what I've been reading uh, the last few moments in, in well, awe. I've been, I've been pontificating just, you know, trying to wax poetic and you've just been holding in a giggle from can i can you loan me a hundred dollars i knew you'd appreciate that can you uh, loan me one hundred dollars and then he took his hand and did the little like rub his fingers together like where's the hundred dollars <laughs> i love your dad he's such a mess he's such a mess they man they i have rarely come across people more encouraging uh to not just me but just to anybody i i just uh Every time I'm down there, I'm blessed because of their uh, words of encouragement. They're just yeah. they build people up, and uh, I probably wouldn't be where I am today without the support of your family. So I thank you for that. Well, man, we thank God for you. You've always been such dear friends to us, and I'm so glad you've been able to be such a part of our journey here in Georgia. That's really special. Uh, uh- I love it. And, uh, but I, I know that the hour is growing late. I do want to close with this question, and, okay. and I, I always close with this question. I really am summing it up this time. I know I've teased about it a couple times, but <laughs> but um, I've tried to ask this to different men of God that I've spoken to because I think it's really important. And God put this question in my spirit at NAYC on Thursday night when Brother Jack Cunningham was preaching. And he told me, he said, Nathan, I, I want you to ask every man of God, this question, if you can, if you get an opportunity to talk to them, I want you to let them invest into you with this question. And on Thursday night, he, he preached about generation Z and being apostolic to the core. That's right. Um, what do you think that generation Z, uh, needs to work on to make sure that absolutely positive that we are apostolic to the core? Well, I'm sure I would just be echoing everybody else who you've interviewed to just say, um, like I just finished ranting about, you need to make your uh, your walk with God very, very personal. It, it's all about a relationship with Him. And uh, that, that means uh, you take time to pray. You take time to uh, read His Word. It just ingest it have a hunger for it. That's how that's how we remain apostolic is when we dive into the word and get it into our hearts yeah. and let it wash away all of the cynicism because that's what we're battling. 
We're battling cynicism. We're battling people who are trying so hard to just make a mockery out of holiness and uh, things that the Bible are leading us to uh, – just uh, things that the the word of God is trying to teach us is righteous in yeah. this day and age. Yeah. They're wanting to tear it all down and it's and just justify anything, you know. And that's how this generation's not just going to uh, turn, you know, be impactful in this last day. But they need to just get it into their minds and their hearts. The word of God, a prayer life. That that's how you're going to be unashamed. That's how you're going to walk boldly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In your mind, in your heart, every step you take, before you even open your mouth, people will know that there's something different about you, Not because, and you won't have to be afraid of who you are because mm. your relationship with God is so much more than just a weekly attendance meeting. It's a walk. It's a hand-in-hand thing. And uh, that, that's how we're going to win this world. That's how we're going to stay true to everything that these uh, wonderful men of God have been preaching the last several years at Congress, at Congress and General Conference is we just have to learn to love the Word, yeah. learn to love to spend time with Him. Because yeah. everything's trying to grab our attention. Every, you know, you got Netflix, you got Hulu, you have... Um, you know, extracurriculars all over the place. And even church stuff can, can become like that. We can become so focused on our perfection for music and um, uh, other avenues, but and we forget to spend time with the Lord. Yeah. That's how you'll lose it. We'll, we'll lose it and it'll all be performance from the greeting people at the door all the way to the altar call. It'll just be performance if we do not... Uh, Make keep the main thing the main thing. Wow, that's so good, Dev. You can edit all around that noise, <laughs> that word vomit most of the time. <laughs> no, it was good. It was so good, man. Devin, I'm I'm so thankful that you took time out of your schedule to do this tonight. I know you've had a really oh, busy week. Having me, I, it's it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Man, and, it's it's just a privilege, and 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 you know, you really are one of my dearest friends in life. I thank God for you and. And uh, you've you've been such an encouragement to me, and just having a, a friend in my life that has we've grown up together from little kids, and and seeing you turn into the man of God that you are, and seeing God use you, I want you to know it just it, it thrills my heart, man, to see what God is doing in your life. I'm so excited about your new album. Um, yeah. But would you mind closing us out uh, in prayer on the podcast? Oh, it'd be my pleasure, Lord Jesus. We come to you right now. We thank you for this wonderful day, this opportunity, another day of mercy that's been bestowed upon us, and we don't want to take a single one of these for granted. We want to thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to witness for you, to be bearers of your light, God, lights of your love and your mercy that somebody needs to see. Lord, give us a hunger. Give us a renew our hunger for your righteousness, God, so that we can seek your will in our lives. Lord, give us a hunger for your word just to walk closer with you, Jesus. That's what we need to turn our whole world upside down. We ask you to help us and to guide us in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. 
Well, Devin, I love you, bro. I'm so thankful for you. I really hope I get to see you very soon. And please keep me posted on the new album. I want the tracks before anybody else gets to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, will do, man. I, I love you. And uh, tell Rachel I said hey, and I love her too. I will, bro. Love you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.